Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, lots of football to get into. And what'd you think? How'd you feel? Did you make any money? Let's, let's answer all of those questions. Uh, Super Bowl 55. Man, a, uh, a beatdown, a impressive thrashing by Tampa. And a lot of Nebraska fans have taken to social media. And a lot of Chief fans have, have done the same. They are not happy, but all is not lost. You, you still got uh, a lot of that team coming back uh, with a little bit of an edge. Meanwhile, Tampa, you've got a window. That window's open, and you you got to jump through it. And Tampa absolutely did last night. Plenty of Super Bowl thoughts. We'll hear from Levante David and Dominican Sue. Uh, Coach Charlie McBride in one hour. We'll get his take on the Super Bowl, on that Tampa D, the game plan, and uh, just uh, what it means for Coach McBride to have one of the guys he's closest with, Jason Light, uh, get that Super Bowl ring as general manager of Tampa. Greg Smith will uh, hop on in. We'll talk some 2022 recruiting with him. Also some Super Bowl thoughts. Greg's big NFL guy. And uh, our black shirt Husker NFLer, Jay Moore, will get his perspective. He played ball with Sue and uh, has a unique perspective because Jay was one of those guys in the NFL as a, as a linebacker that, you know what, your job's to cover the, the running backs and tight ends. And you saw how important that was last night and there's a couple of things that that i have to react to with with last night one we i think we all thought based on our friday conversations the more it kind of sunk in the more we thought look kansas city's phenomenal but how good are they with their plan b on the offensive line okay that was that was a very real concern Coach Jimbo Hansen threw that out there right before our predictions. You and I, Elijah, talked about it. Kansas City is really good. And to be a guy on that roster on the offensive line, you have to be talented. But there is a, a, a gap, a difference between your starters and some, of, and some of which are Pro Bowl guys. And that's not an excuse. I'm just saying there's, there's a difference between your starting offensive line and, and then having to, to reshuffle an offensive line. So that's that's point one. Point two, uh, when it comes to, to Tampa's game plan, you get punched in the face like they did back in week 12 where you blink and it's 17 rip and the cheetah's gone for two bills. 
you're like, oh, no. And that was a fear, right? I mean, as we have all watched Kansas City the last three years, they can go volcano on you immediately. I mean, they are levee breaks when the dam bursts open, whatever you want to call it. They are uh, an explosion waiting to happen nine and a half times out of ten on offense. They are that good with that quarterback, with that system, and those receiving weapons. They're incredible. And Todd Bowles learned his lesson. There was a lot of zone, not a lot of man. And Tampa had the personnel to make it happen. I know Travis Kelsey ended up with with his 100-yard receiving game, and I know uh, Tariq Hill ended up with you know 75 yards. Lots of targets both ways. But when push came to shove, Kansas City was 0 for 9 to start out on third down. And that drifted through the game. Patrick Mahomes started out 2 of 10 throwing the football. And and that was due to four-man pressure. And you've seen it at its best, at its peak. If you want to relate it to Nebraska football, if you go back to that 0-9 defense, you know who was on it. And then you saw it at the highest level in the biggest game in professional football, uh, with Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul and Sue and Vea. And, but I think what – and this is not the homer take. This is just my amateur take on, on what I saw between White and Levante David. They were physical enough. And I think uh, Romo nailed it last night with Travis Kelsey is a bully, and he's great. He is great at those option routes. He's great up the seam. He's great at at getting you eight and then getting another five after the catch. Bang, it's a first down. And what he does with his size and speed is just beat the crap out of whoever's trying to guard him, trying to cover him. And what I saw last night was Levante David, who was on Good Morning America this morning. We'll hear that hilarity in a moment. We saw Levante David and Devin White both body up, Kelsey, and then be right in his hip pocket. Levante David ended up with only two pass, I shouldn't say only, but he had two pass breakups. But there were a number of times where Kelsey had a couple of drops. They were tough catches. They were even more difficult because you had somebody right there to defend it. There's not a lot of times in the last three years with Kelsey being as great as he is where he's had that type of coverage, that type of physicality off the line, and it made a monster difference. It made a big-time difference with Levante running him down. There's your key. There's your difference. Uh, We don't have to put two guys on Kelsey, which means you're going to get lit up by Cheetah deep. You can play 1,000 yards off the line of scrimmage. Let's pay attention to Tariq Hill so there's no big play, and let's make Kansas City nickel and dime their way down. So defensively, with with what you, with what you have in Levante David as a guy that can cover and tackle in space on Travis Kelsey last night there's your difference same with with Devin White i mean both those guys were key Levante though got the assignment got the defense where they needed to be when it was big when it was third down Levante David was on Travis Kelsey there's your difference. Sue got loose. Sue doesn't have to be the lead guy anymore, right? I mean, Sue's one of those guys that's an, an incredible player, and it sounds like he's going to be back. But Sue's just one of the guys that still demands a lot of attention. And, and meanwhile, you've got Shaq Barrett, the, the pride of Boys Town, 
and Jason Pierre-Paul both still really active in their careers. I mean, we're talking late 20s, early 30s for for both those guys, and I'm pretty sure that, that Barrett's only 28 years old. Those guys screaming off the edge are a flat-out nightmare. And the fact that Mahomes is able to get out of so much trouble and not have guys help him make plays, that was big. The other part of this here, Tampa's front seven, yes. Tampa's game plan, yes. But the other part of that, too, is the, the Brady effect, right? You can roll your eyes at it, but it's very, very real. If you listen to guys that are high-level talents, something was missing from them. Something's been missing from Antonio Brown. Great career, phenomenal wideout, arguably one of the best receivers in the game, time away from football, Brady helps mentor him a little bit, helps get him to grow up a little bit, and you see A.B. have kind of a a, a resurgence. Uh, You look at a guy like uh, Leonard Fournette, really carried Jacksonville to uh, a playoff run a few years back, but dude won and out of jail that was Jacksonville. Gets to Tampa and embraces the, the we, not me. You've got a lot of guys that individually are incredible talents, but when... They go to Brady, and when Tampa went and got Brady, that's your your moment over the top. That's your edge because of Tom Brady. Guys listen to him. Guys respect him. And we'll hear from Levante David in a minute about that, that pregame, about what it means to, to, to be immortalized by winning a Super Bowl. And when Brady's talking, you can hear coaches talking about it. You can hear guys that are pure players. But when you got a guy going for number seven, Talking to you about how to do it. Let's do it as a team. Let's get the buy-in. We we talk about buy-in nine months out of the year because it's a topic of conversation you're wanting to see uh, fulfilled on Saturdays as a Nebraska fan. But really, you have that defense, that defensive coordinator, that talent acquisition by Jason Light with ownership willing to spend, and then you get it all put together with Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles. Uh, and then you get a guy like Brady who's listened to guys want to play for and guys believe in. There's your 31-9 to result. Last thought before you jump in here, Elijah. Kansas City has lost before in the last three years. Kansas City's lost in shootouts if they are to lose the last three years. Let's think about it. Their, Their game against the Rams that was the mother of all overs on a Monday night. Their shootouts with Buffalo. Their shootouts with New England back when it was Brady in Foxborough. This is the first time Kansas City and their offense got taken to the woodshed by somebody defensively. Kansas City's had off games, so they've maybe not been hitting on all cylinders. They're still going to score 30 in their sleep. It's do they get 40 or do they go off for 50? with this talent, with this offense. They aren't broken. They just got to be better, and, and quite honestly, they need to be healthy, and they're going to be fine. Uh, could they have run the ball more? That's quite honestly the knee-jerk reaction I had if Tampa's got five guys playing 30 yards off, or safeties anyway, 30 yards off, you have a lighter box, do you try and run it? But that's the first time in this Chiefs' kingdom era with Mahomes, with Reed, with this talent, that we've seen somebody dismantle 
this offense. It was on the offense last night, and it was because of Tampa's defense. It's incredibly difficult to go back-to-back. Tampa's defense, respect to them, uh, but the defensive line of of Tampa Bay just dominated the offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs. It it wasn't close. Um, That Chiefs offensive line, I mean, you could see that the guys that they were paying $15 million a year to play offensive line were sitting out, and you could see the difference between the guys that are making $15 million a year and the guys that are making $2 million a year. Two million a year, you're making a lot of money. You're still a very talented guy, and you got to you got to be spot good. But it just depends on who you're going against. And, and it's okay if you got one guy that's worth two million playing next to those guys uh, making fifteen million. You know what I'm saying? But if they're all making two million, if they're all your backups, which I think four of the five guys are, or um, they were reshuffled at least, or they reshuffled. Yeah, it, it's it's not going to go well for you. Patrick Mahomes was already hobbled coming into this game uh-huh. too. And he got worse. Um, I said it while I was watching the game last night. I said, looks like whatever shot they gave him pregame wore off during that long halftime show. Um, he came back in the second half looking hobbled. He wasn't throwing well to his left in the second half. Um, and as I said, it's difficult to go back to back. Not many teams have done it in history and there's a reason for it. Mm. It's incredibly rare that you can get back-to-back seasons where you're lucky enough with injuries uh, where you just get good enough game plans you get the right matchups in the playoffs it's tough to do um if any team can come back and win it next year uh it's the chiefs so it's not all doom and gloom for the chiefs but respect to the buccaneers uh they played a hell of a game defensive game plan was great and tom brady did enough so this is interesting you've got eric fisher and here's what you, you you've got some insight here by the injured offensive tackle here listen you had some one-sided calls it it goes from bloody murder against green bay in the secondary or either that or they're gonna let him play it's one or the other and and you had some questionable calls if you're a chiefs fan uh you've you've got the the tackles center and guard was more than they could overcome. Speed means nothing if you don't have time to use it, which is very true. Um, so, listen, Kansas City can get their top playoff running back and the proper O-line for next year and be okay. And, you know, you saw this drop-off from from Clyde, right? And how 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 right was he towards the end of the season? He just didn't see it. Le'Veon wasn't there. Um, so, I mean, Kansas City has been great at running the football. They've been more one-dimensional because no one's really been able to stop it. And you get down, and then you do have to chuck it. And Coach McBride always says, you, you got to stop the run. Uh, let's hear from Levante David here on the game plan last night from Todd Bowles. This was Levante David with the NFL Network. Coach Bowles calling him the mastermind, man. He believe in us. You know, he called us the leaders of the defense. The defense go as close as we go. So whenever our numbers call, man, we go come and step up and make plays. And that was uh, what we had to do tonight. You know, we know they can live for the deep, for the deep balls, man. So we just let our D-line go. And we took care of everything underneath. And now uh, we got the victory. Last thought from Levante here when it comes to his NFL Network uh, postgame motivation from week 12. Yeah. I tried to tell I said, I guarantee you those boys in that locker room yeah. saying no way you're going to win tonight definitely. on our turn. Most How definitely. much conversation did hey. y'all have about that? Hey, we had two weeks to think about it. We had two weeks to think about what they did to us in week 12. When we came out of it just in the second half, man, we had that on our mind the whole time. We got to play that throughout the whole football game. I mean, we, we listened to the doubters. You know, we had we were playing a great defense. We were playing great defense throughout the playoffs, but they still doubted us. So I don't know why they did that, man. We stepped up to the challenge big time, man. We we, we, we call ourselves great man, and we did that right there tonight, man. Took, took, out, took out the number one offense in the game, but 
you got to give respect to them, man. They're a great football team. They got great players, but obviously our guys are better tonight. Levante David, man, incredible for him. Uh, do we have time for Good Morning America? Briefly? All right. Yeah, he ran out of gas this morning. Did you really run out of gas on your way to the live shot and our booker had to pick you up and bring you there? <laughs> yeah, I got to sit on it. I, I really did. I mean, I was out just celebrating with the team. And uh, I, I didn't pay attention to my gas tank and I ended up running out of gas. And uh, they had to come pick me up. But um, I, I mean, I'm still happy, though. I, I, I couldn't, it was my first time ever doing that to as well. But, it's I mean, all right. Shoot. It's good. I just I had to do it. Hey, yeah. you know what? You didn't run out yeah. of gas last night. And that's what's most important. On that field, you didn't run out of gas. And that's what matters. Somebody get that man a chauffeur. Well, we'll see if Jay Moore has ever run out of gas off the field. Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore is next. His take on the Super Bowl. The mother of all streakers. We'll get to that. Hail Varsity on a Super Bowl Monday presented by the Nebraska Lottery. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the big run and NFL vet. He's Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Super Bowl Monday. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. I'm sure uh, Jay Moore was nodding along to the uh, Bruce Springsteen commercial. Jay Bird, have you ever run out of gas? Do you ever pull a Levante? I, I haven't. I, I can <laughs> confidently say I've never done that. I don't even know if I've gotten close, to be honest. I, <laughs> even, you know, with today's technology, you know, you got it tells you how many miles you got, and I still think you can go, you know, maybe a 10 or so miles when it says zero. So, no, I can honestly say I've, I've, uh, I've I've never done that. I don't, I'm not going to try to anytime soon either. I know that. Well, at least wait a couple of weeks, right? Uh, right. <laughs> if you're going to do it. All right. Jay Moore is with us. Blackshirt Husker NFL or his uh, podcast, More To It, with uh, Herdad Media. Uh, Jay Moore 44 on Twitter. Jay, what'd you think? What'd you think? Just break this all down for us uh, with your defensive mind, your your time in the NFL, and your unique ability to, to not only play with your hand in the dirt, but also make that transition to a guy at linebacker that can cover and, and is asked to cover backs and tight ends. Tell me what it meant last night for, for Levante, his ability to D up Kelsey, but also just the Tampa game plan with that front four. Yeah, it just shows you how important it is when you have four guys who can – get after the, the, the quarterback, and you can set seven guys in coverage. And, you, and it shows you how important it is when, I mean, you can you can have, you know, one of the league's best tight ends, uh, one of the league's best wide receivers, and if you can't protect the league's, one of the league's best quarterbacks, you're going to have a hard day no matter what. So it just kind of shows you that O-line is, uh, you're only going to go as far as your O-line can go. And obviously losing Fisher was was detrimental to that offense you got to shuffle around a few guys in the offensive line and it just and then Tampa was there on point the uh, Todd Bowles game plan you know they they got Mahomes you know running early they got him the move and obviously he has the banged up toe so just what they were able to do and different games are able to do up front and to where they forced 
Mahomes to to his left or to right, and that was if he was. They just always had a free guy. It just seemed like whether they're having guys come for free, and that's you know rushing, you know four on five and three on five. Sometimes they're always having a guy come free just with some of their games, and that's big. You know that's 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 big time football when you can get 15, 15 running, and then you we know how good he is when he obviously we've seen some of the throws he's able to make last night and you know albeit they're incompletions but the guy is freakish talent for being able to throw across his body and you know damn near throwing from you know he was horizontal you know to the ground at one point and almost threw it uh, on point so that just moving the pocket on Mahomes and having a guy come free and this I mean those guys covered so well I mean it just shows you how talented you know, uh, White and obviously Levante David are those guys making plays. And Levante's so good in coverage, and just those guys just locking down the, the game plan. I mean, they were they were keyed in. I mean, who who would have thought that Kansas City would not even score a touchdown? I mean, that was that's just you know, I would like to see the prop bet on that. If you know, if Kansas City not you know not scoring a touchdown, I had a, I mean, I haven't seen it. I've, I've asked a couple people. They don't even know if it was you know available i'm sure there were some sort of odds on it but you bet that you are a, a rich guy uh this afternoon but it just it, it just came down to kansas city's offensive line i really do i mean don't i mean you have to give credit to 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 tampa bay's defense i mean they were they've been really good all year but i just knew it was gonna be hard to duplicate that performance like they had against them you know earlier in the year where obviously tyree kill went off but it's just hard to beat a team twice and then you're getting Tampa Bay again. Even that game was at Tampa Bay also, but you're still getting Tampa Bay at home. And I know it's not a full crowd, but there is still something to say about, um, I would guess Tampa Bay sleep in their own bed and to some extent all week and, you know, and playing in your home field. And, and you got 12 on your side. You got Tom Brady on your side. But the defensive game plan was, was big, but not having Fisher, that just, that, that, that changed the ball game for Kansas City's offense. Yeah, you mean, Last time, you know, Patrick Mahomes hasn't scored a touchdown was at Texas Tech. I mean, come on, that's 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 crazy stuff. But hats off to Tampa Bay and their defensive game plan because nine points to the most potent, powerful offense in the NFL, that's, that's something special. Jay Moore with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Jay, I kind of want to flip this question around and ask you about the Chiefs' offensive game plan. Do you think Andy Reid came in too aggressive? Uh, I mean, the stats that I was looking at said uh, Patrick Mahomes was under pressure within two and a half seconds of the snap for 50% of his dropbacks last night. It was just a ridiculous number. Do you think that Andy Reid abandoned the run to really went too aggressive with the passing game, or is there just not much he can do with that offensive line? Yeah, it's it's kind of six one and a half a dozen the other. I mean, you got you're you're got a a mismatch, you know, kind of put together offensive line. It's just you got to try to figure out and try to what's what's where are your weapons? You know, I'm probably going to lean on Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey, and you know, you know, um, the the rookie LSU. You know, he he had been banged up and coming off an ain't a pretty bad ankle injury. I don't. I mean, you got three of the best players in the league. You got Mahomes. You got Kelsey. You got you got Hill. I'm. I'm going to try to put the game plan in their hands. I know, I know. Looking back at it, Kansas City had, did have some successful runs, but I mean, I don't know that that they tried to get some things going. But I, I think Tampa Bay's defense is just too good. And with the offensive line, you're just let's just see what we can do. You know, let's let's put it in the hands of 15. Let's put it, you know, try to get the ball to 87. Let's try to get the ball to 10 and just see what they can do. And he just didn't have time. 
I mean, I don't. That's just hard. It's when your offensive line is you lose arguably one of the best offensive tackles in the game, and that's Eric Fisher. It's it's you. You are scrambling. You are scrambling to try to find something, and it's it just it's hard. You just, they they try to use their weapons. They just they didn't have the time. Jay Moore's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Jay Bird, what does a ring do for Sue? What's a ring do for Levante? And I know they've been getting kind of bigger stages. That was the biggest of, of their careers. Sue'd been on that stage before, paired with Aaron, Aaron Donald. But there's there, there's just some great acquisitions. Jason Light went and got for that defense. But I think Bowles has been great. But overall, man, does that does that help the argument for them when it comes to enshrinement time? Oh, definitely. I mean, that's it's just validation. You know, I Sue has, I mean, what have it, you know, played over 10,000 snaps in his NFL career and just never really been hurt, banged up, played pretty healthy, you know, for a guy that position. And, you know, his 10th uh, season in the league. I mean, that's, that's impressive stuff. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what the future holds for him. Now he's got a ring. You know, you know, Levante, let's, I mean, we hear we, we talk about it all the time here. I mean, he's we feel like he's the most underrated linebacker in the league. You know, you hear about so many other players, and now you know you got to see what Levante's able to do in coverage and in the run game, and just just play so smart. Mm. And all of a sudden, he gets a ring, and it's just total total validation. You know, I I don't know if you know, I'm sure she will get talked about. To, get to uh, Canton, I mean, I don't know, Levante has, I would think, still a few more years left in his career, to be honest, so, you know, it's just complete, complete validation, you know, and, you know, and then you got what, what Jason Light's able to do, and then, you know, you have uh, one of the Davis twins, I, I always, I can't forget, it's Khalil. <laughs> Khalil or Carlos, Khalil. Khalil. Yeah. And, then, and then, you know, my, my, my man, one of my good friends, Chad Wade, who was a strength coach when I was at there at Nebraska my whole time, and then even when I was coming back here to train in the, uh, at the facility at Nebraska, you know, he handled all the, the the guys getting ready for the combine and all the, the vets coming back in the offseason. So and he's he's been down in Tampa Bay the last uh, handful of years, and he was on that stuff. So, yeah, just a lot of, a lot of guys on that, on that roster and in that, um, you know, in those offices that uh, have a lot of Nebraska ties, just happy for them, and, and obviously – Get having Sue get one and end his career out, you know, you know, if if that is the case, and you know, Levante finally gets some respect that he deserves. Jay, a couple minutes here before we say goodbye. We were talking kind of about the Brady factor, and you know, Brady's one of those guys that he's kind of like Alabama, right? With there, there's just there there is fatigue. But you see a moment like last night, and you hear a number of guys point to him. We're talking Levante. We're talking Sue. We're talking Antonio Brown. We're t- I mean, go through the, the roster. Go through that locker room. Uh, even Lenny, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Fournette. Guy, guys that were kind of circled as malcontents or psychos, they all fall in line. I mean, have you ever seen or experienced something like that before as a professional? You know, unfortunately, I, I was never around, you know, guys that bring out the best in people. And I just, I think what's always amazed me about Brady is just, you know, and same with, you know, Alabama, and, and you may just say Saban, it's just the, the complacency. You know, it's, it's so easy to get complacent 
when you've won so many championships. The guy just, you mean, you saw him at the end of the game just yelling at his guys in the huddle out of excitement because it means that much to him. And, you know, I heard, heard stories today about when Brady did the, you know, the golf deal with, with Phil and, and Tiger, you know, back in, I don't know when it was, you know, May or June. It's kind of one of the first live events, you know, that we've, we've had, the sporting events we've had. And, you know, Brady's doing a workout in the parking lot at Medalist Golf Club where the, the <laughs> event had. He's out doing sprints and doing some band stuff. And Barkley, who was calling the events, like, what are you doing, dude? And Brady's like, I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. And this guy's doing this before a, you know, a charity event and raining and medalist, and he's he's so, you know, keyed in. He's not complacent. He's the guy. He's, he's so hungry. He just he wants it so bad that he's going to bring out the best. He's gonna, he's going to make sure everyone is on point, and he's going to he's because he wants he wants it. He knows he can't do it by himself, and he whoever he has in that locker room, he's going to make sure that they're they understand what their role is. And not that they need to do anything more, but whatever your role is, whatever you're asked to do, do it and do it to your best of your ability. And that's that's what he does. He doesn't he doesn't try to overdo anything. He doesn't try. I mean, he's not obviously the most gifted athlete out there. Doesn't have the strongest arm. He just he understands everything and he controls what he can control. And he wants that for his players. And um, I wish I wish I could have been around. I mean, there were some good ones. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Alex Smith probably comes to mind. You know, but Alex is pretty quiet. You know, I was in San Francisco, and he had some injuries, and he was younger in his career. But you know, he was he was up there. But I just I was not around in great franchises at the time. You know, San Francisco wasn't as what it is now, and and I was with the Rams, and you know, there I think we won two games, and I was the Rams, and a little bit I was with the Titans. You know, Vince Young was kind of um, there, but you know, Vince Young's not Tom Brady, uh, so. You know that's that's a special guy. I mean, there's there's a reason why he's the greatest to to, to do it at the at that position. Jay Moore's with us. Jay Bird, we'll do this again. Thanks for your insight today, bud. Yep, you got it, guys. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time at Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, 25 minutes away. His take on that Tampa D, what they did to the Chiefs. Greg Smith, uh, we'll see if Nebraska is uh, en route from a development slash recruiting standpoint to get an offensive line and defensive line that can control and take over games. You feel okay? At least uh, you're probably buying stock and where the offensive line's going. Uh, There's been an MIA or an APB out for someone to go get after the quarterback if you're Nebraska football for a while. So that that still is uh, a missing puzzle piece. 466-377-800-825. Five eight six five. We're talking Super Bowl. Plenty of that today. And if you're a Chiefs fan, want to hear from you. Are you worried about uh, next season based on what happened yesterday? Or you think it's something that this team can shake off? And, and honestly, my my reaction. And we'll hear from Andy Reid and uh, some of the crew from Kansas City uh, in a bit. But I I think Kansas City can absorb this and. And be okay. I don't think their windows shut at all. Clearly, and uh, they'll they'll be fine. I, I think some of it had to do with injuries. I think a lot of it had to do with Tampa's execution. And he just had an incredible front seven performance. And it's not like Tampa 
had not been doing that. They have been riding this to peak at the perfect time. They have gotten better as the season has gone on. And you saw him do it against Aaron Rodgers on the road. You saw him do it against uh, Breeze on the road or, or a good New Orleans team on the road anyway. And uh, they, they were at 7-5 seven, seven and five at one point. And then they cranked out eight straight victories. Teams that have to go on the road. Uh, and, and, and it's what Green Bay did with Aaron Rodgers' championship. They were a, a road playoff team, right? They were a sixth seed. So it's it, it can happen, and when it does happen, man, you get galvanized and you put a run together, and I, it was just a really cool football game to watch uh, last night. Do you know who else had a great performance last night? The weekend. Yeah, I was I was like thinking like I got to make a rejoin with the weekend song. I, I love that performance. Fine with night. me. My favorite one of my favorite tweets last night was the fact that it was a Pepsi halftime show and all the songs were about Coke. I can't feel my face when I. Yeah, we know no more no more karaoke, Elijah. <laughs> but no, exactly. You know, I I like his music. I mean, good dude. I mean, it'd be a hell of a fun time to hang out with. Oh yeah, <laughs> guarantee it. <laughs> but no, I mean, I thought his I thought his performance was fine. Also, great story too. Just he uh, he's the son of immigrants to Canada, mm-hmm. and like ten years ago, um, within like the past decade, he was homeless and uh, started making music and has made it big. And so, give me, give the old guy in the room here the backstory with the jock straps. Okay, so they they aren't jock straps. No, I know. They're. Yeah, <laughs> um, but they're all wearing the masks because he got supposedly this like crazy plastic surgery done. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. And then he had to go to accept. Uh, I think it was an AMA award, American Music. And he was rocking this. And he was rocking this like post plastic surgery facing, and people still don't know if like he was actually like these are real bandages or if he was using it as like a style thing to just kind of promote like oh I got a new look coming out. But then he kind of took it and, and made fun of himself with having the dancers dress up with it, and people thought it was demonic or whatever. But no. I thought it was cool. No, it, he had a he had a backstory with it. Uh, Husker basketball uh, a scheduling change with the Big Ten Nebraska. Nebraska's gauntlet intensifies a, a day sooner. So Nebraska was supposed to hook up with Wisconsin on Thursday. That's been moved to Wednesday, 8.30 on BTN. They'll, they'll also play Illinois Friday uh, in Lincoln at 8 o'clock. So you get Minnesota tonight. Yay. And then you'll also get uh, Wisconsin and, and Illinois. So murderers row for Nebraska. Loved their energy uh, on Saturday. Really hate their shot selection and basketball IQ a lot of the time. They drive me nuts. And I know I'm not, air quote, supposed to cheer. And I know they they, they really fought. It's, their effort's not in question. But they just, they're just not a smart basketball team half the time. They got incredible athleticism. They got a good coach. They just don't always play together or they just don't execute they're just not a good basketball team clearly obviously the record shows that i'm not breaking news or trying to waste your time with that take but it just as a nebraska basketball guy and a guy who grew up going to games they're they're just very difficult to watch and i hope it gets better for them next year uh they are going to get murdered the rest of the year i don't know if they win a game right i, I just Honestly, I don't know. Something will come up. There'll be some sort. They're getting better and they're fighting hard. Good, good, good. But when push comes to shove, they're 
they're just a train wreck. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're better than they were last year, but they're still bad. But Yes. The offense is still terrible. The defense has taken a step this year. But the offense, I mean, it still makes me want to gouge my eyes out every single time I see him miss a free throw. Well, every single time I miss him see a layup. Every single time I see Ivan take an extra dribble in the paint and get but Ivan, I mean, I don't think Ivan was an issue Saturday. I mean, he played hard, but it, it's just the, the turnover, the sloppy. And granted, we got to couch all of this with context of – Listen, man, you've been on a month hiatus due to COVID, and you've got to ram together trying to get back in shape. So that needs to be considered, but they got murdered on Twitter Saturday. Just absolutely. And Nebraska basketball fans are like, it's just covering your eyes. And it's, it's a stupid shot early in the shot clock after you've crawled back in through your blood, sweat, and effort. And then it's free throws that you're just doinking. And it's not boxing out. It's just critical stretches. I mean, they, they just, there's a reason they're maybe going to go winless. I mean, you're not going to win basketball you, you games. Can, you can run this back at me here at the end of the season if they flip it around. But they're just, they're just difficult. I'm wondering if it's time to reconsider the, the, the JUCO slash transfer market. Okay, and you got a five-star high school kid coming in. Awesome. How much other high school talent are you going after versus what what is there in the JUCO and, and transfer portal? Like, and I'm not, I'm not, I like Tim Miles' personality as a coach. I think most of the brains were tied to, to Craig Smith, all right? Mm-hmm. And... Nebraska hit a jackpot there because they were getting recycled kids that were, were playing at a high level. Cope and Palmer and and Walt and, and uh, Petaway, right? I mean, those were all guys that were D1 dudes that just, for one reason or another, left. They landed in Lincoln, were really good players, right? So th- that worked to one NCAA tournament run, an underachieving second time with those kids back, and then you had the 18-19 win team that was NIT-bound. At least they were on the bubble, right? But none of those teams had to go up against just the quality of the Big Ten this year. There's eight eight teams in the Big Ten in the top no, 25, th- This is like This is as good as the Big Ten's been, and last year was incredible. And you've got teams like Indiana beating Iowa, right? So Indiana's on in the ascension. I think the best team in the Big Ten is Ohio State, flat out, because they beat the hell out of you. They can shoot. They are... Good in the paint, they defend. And the common theme of all these teams is that they are old. They have years of experience in their starting lineups. They, they do. So we'll see. And and I just I look at all the in-state talent. You look at the kid at Grand Island and Trout. You look at all the Miller North kids. Uh, you look at Chucky at, at Bell West and some of the other Bell West talent. You look at some of the kids uh, that have. Do you look hard at, at trying to find and land some of the high school kids? Go that route versus going juco shopping at some point and now and now back to hail varsity radio one final time this hour it's hail varsity we're presented by the nebraska lottery charlie mcbride is 10 minutes away jimmy mails in in your opinion does the big 10 have a final four team absolutely absolutely could have three I, I, th- I think at least one. Yeah, at least one. I mean, who knows what happens with Michigan's layoff. Mm-hmm. I love Ohio State because they, they just can play different styles. Uh, if Michigan gets back to, to Michigan form, they're clearly 
pretty money. If, um, if Iowa can get back to their form from the beginning of the year, um, they've been... Iowa's been, a matchup nightmare, yeah. and the odds of them, I mean, it, it could happen that they, they find somebody that can make them pay for not... Iowa's defensive intensity's like always been optional. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're better than they've been, but they still want to just drop 100 on you and just go that route. Illinois is the team where what Illinois do you get? We'll have Pizzo on with this Thursday. We'll dive a little bit deeper into the, 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 the Final Four potential for the Big Ten. I mean, I look at this Big Ten conference this season. I mean, Sparty's just beat up. They're not good. But it wouldn't surprise you, would it, if they put a dirty run together because they're Michigan State. Indiana has some talent. Uh, I mean, Northwestern's clearly fading. Maryland is kind of dangerous. But they're um, they're a work in progress. I mean, I mean, how many Big Ten teams are going to be in the tourney this year? It's like it's probably somewhere around ten. A lot. <laughs> I mean, over half the conference. I, I don't know. I don't know if you get eight. If you get ten, I don't know if you get Michigan State in on name value, or if you're going to get Purdue and Indiana to jump up and get off the bubble. I mean, they've all been. I mean, Rutgers. Rutgers is a good basketball team. They've all been ranked. Mm-hmm. They've all knifed one another. To, to get knocked out of the ratings. I mean, everyone's been on a bit of a, a, a skid aside from Michigan, and that was state-imposed, right? So, reminder about moving here. West Blue Realty, man, they take care of you, and they'll take care of you this 2021 season. And uh, if you're looking for a residential home in Lincoln or surrounding community, West Blue Realty is going to be where you turn. For a limited time, you mentioned Hale Varsity and West Blue Realty can provide up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Tom Luby is there to help and can make it happen at 402-540-3768. Kelly Hofschneider, 402-202-2312. Give Kelly a ring. He can make it happen as well. It pays to work with West Blue, westbluerealty.com. And get an appointment scheduled today with West Blue Realty when you're in Lincoln or if you're in Lincoln at 1120 K Street, Suite 200 is where you find them. And you know what? Maybe maybe the time is now. Maybe you're getting your property value or I should say evaluations back. Maybe you're looking at that house that, man, you've wanted and it's finally on the market. Or maybe it's time to just make a killing off of what you're in now. Right? I mean, that's that's smart. And West Blue Realty is where you got to go for that, westbluerealty.com. I promise the uh, harrowing call from Kevin Harlan coming up next hour. And it's, advi- it's sound advice. We all remember our father or that person in our life that looked us in the eye and said, be a man, like Vito Corleone. It's time to be a man. And uh, it was wise words on the airwaves last night on ESPN Lincoln, Westwood One, and over on KFOR from Kevin Harlan, former Chiefs announcer. We also got to get through our staking of beer bets next hour, oh, too. Somebody must have done well. Somebody must not have done well if Elijah's anxious to drop those. McBride's next.
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to an hour two at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It is that time, Mondays with Charlie, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride with us. Coach, how are we doing today? Doing good. <laughs> You're freezing. <laughs> You're telling me, man. We've got minus, uh, minus three or minus six or, I don't know, minus ten tonight for the overnight. Uh, do, we, do we beat you or do you have us? I don't know. I haven't. I last I looked at uh, our our thermometer was uh, this morning. It was twelve, and uh, so I don't know what it is now. But I don't. I haven't been out, so I'm not going there. <laughs> Good for you, man. <laughs> you stay in. You stay by the fireplace, and right. you watch some football and just leave it be. I'm well, hiding out. Yeah, hideout is is the way to put it. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes would have liked to have been able to hide out last night. Man, oh, man, oh, man. They found him. No, I think they did. And (laughs) take me through, what did you see from Tampa's defense? And and, uh, you're a a guy who likes putting a whooping on quarterbacks, so I'm sure you enjoyed last evening. Well, I know they're they're – their thing was right away is everybody knew it was there they first of all their left tackle they were missing i think three linemen or they had a second team guard and a couple of tackles and stuff and so their offensive line was you know not their offensive mm-hmm. line and and it just showed because they just overran them and uh you know, it's just too hard to do that. I, I know a week ago, the last two weeks that left tackle has been beat I don't know how many times. And, um, you know, so you kind of anticipated that. I thought maybe they'd, you know, instead of any play-action stuff, maybe they'd just try to get them out of the pocket quicker. But, you know, but I, you know, it's just hard to, you know, if you're not there and you don't know what you, you can do and can't do, and uh, but you know it's it's one of those things that happens. I mean that's the way the game goes in the NFL. I mean you don't have a lot of leeway, and you can't uh, you know you have a trading base, but you can't once that's closed, mm-hmm. that's over. So uh, you have to go with what you got, and and uh, I think that they were probably a little short-handed, but I don't think they would have won even if they were had them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Because I think they were really stoked up, and you know it's hard to, to beat a team twice anyway. It's and and when you beat them, you know, and you got them down at your home field, and from what I gathered, you know, it's hard when you go home every night to your house, to your bed, to your everything. It's a little different than staying in a hotel, but you know, and so there's a lot of things that have to do with you know, having it at your home field. So the advantage from the beginning was, you know, was with the Bucks, And I'm sure that there's a lot of guys that <clears throat> put a lot of money on them, <laughs> you know. But, uh, you know, I mean, I'm glad. I mean, that's who I wanted to win. 
Um, you know, I'm basically I'm a Kansas City fan, but with all the Nebraska mm-hmm. people and you know, and Jason and all those guys, you know, I could, it's pretty hard for me to not not hope that they win. Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, and, and what a Nebraska storyline, and and that's been promoted pretty heavily today, and it's not just the NFL Network that's doing the the story on Levante David or Indomitian Sue. It's Good Morning America. Yeah. It's CBS This Morning. It's CNN. Right. I mean, it's it's national platform platforms. I mean, everybody knows about Sue. We all know about Levante. But not many teams can say, hey, you linebacker, go stick on Kelsey and have it work. And what a great game, Coach, last night by Levante David with not only his coverage but also his his ability to get after the football. Oh, yeah. Well, he always has been that way. I mean, he's a – He's a guy you turn on the TV and watch him, and he's, he there's no loafing in that guy's body. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going a million miles an hour. He's one of those guys that's a, you know, he's a workaholic on the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he he turns it on, and that he never turns it off till he walks off the field at the end of the game. And you know, and that you know, I was really impressed with him last night. A lot of times you can talk. After your game, you can talk to a guy, and you can kind of tell that he's pretty sacked, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, worn out and stuff. And he looked like he was ready to go again. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, you know, so I mean, what I'm saying is they're probably in pretty good shape, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know, I know that was one of the things the Cardinals did a lot of. They did a lot of in-season running and stuff like that. When he was with uh, Aaron, was with the Cardinals. Well, and, and uh, that's what I'm interested in too, Coach. Is you're really close to the Arizona Cardinal group when when Jason Light was down there mm-hmm. as their director of personnel. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they just moved uh, Arizona to Tampa, pretty much. I mean, Jason Light got the GM job. Jason Light yeah. said, "Hey, Bruce Arians, we had a good old time in Arizona." Let's come on down to Tampa. And then Bowles. Bowles was the defensive coordinator for Arians yeah. before he got the, the Jets head job. Right. And, right. I mean, that three-core group really did a number. And then all these acquisitions Jason Light has made ha- have been incredible. It's one thing to want to go get Brady. It's another thing to be able to get Brady. You look at Shaq Barrett, the uh, the Boys Town kid. Uh, yeah. you, lo- you look at uh, Jason Pierre-Paul and then being able to go get Sue and re-sign Sue. And, and that's one of the first things Arian said was he thanked Jason Light last night on the podium. Right. Well, you know, the one thing he said when if you if you heard him, what, you know, when he first started, he, did, he just said, uh, what, why did you come, you know, what made you come back in here? And he said, well, I trust Jason. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a big deal when it, you know your head coach and your and your um, general manager are close, and and you can really. And Jason's a listener too. I mean, he's not somebody. He's not a. He's not a bold guy that we're doing it my way, and that's the way it is. And tough luck if you don't like it. You know, a lot of these guys are that way. They got an ego that's a million miles high, and he isn't that way. 
And, um, you know, he, he doesn't have an ego, I don't think. Mm. You know, he just does his job, and, and you know, he's put that thing together pretty good. I think, you know, getting – and, of course, the, you know, getting the, getting guys back that were, you know, playing. I mean, you know, you get you get the tight end uh, cronk back, and, <laughs> and he, he's, he's, he's ugly as heck, and he can, you know, he can make a difference, and he did last night. And, uh, you know, some of those guys that they had on the team before, Brown, and, mm-hmm. you know, that, that he caught a touchdown pass, and he, he didn't really didn't play a whole lot this year, but yeah, he was just starting to come on, and I assume next year he'll be dangerous. You know, he'll be in that mix, mix with those other receivers. And um, so they're going to, they're gonna, if they can keep it, that, that's the thing right now, that just how you keep these guys and. He, he made a statement this morning. Um, this morning, he said, a lot of guys, it's not so much the money anymore. You know, it's it's money, but if you're close and they really like what they're doing and where they're working, sometimes that makes a big difference. And so I think they got a pretty good, uh, tight group. Well, and, and Brady's a guy that doesn't hurt for money, obviously, but he's used to kind of that setup because for years – they would find a way to, to make it work with uh, kind of the old New England discount, right? You want to win, it's it's going to be yeah, uh, a bit of a discount. Yeah, get salary back. Yeah, so yeah. Get well, that's just yeah. it. And and do you have you had much contact with Brady, or do you know anyone that's that's been around him no. much? He's he's just he's such no, a difference just, maker just, in that locker room. Well, that's you know when you have a guy that has is that status. And and you have a good person. Guys want to play hard because they want to. They don't want. It's kind of a deal where I want to play as good as you are. Mm. You know, and I think that has a lot to do with motivation of, of the team. I think one of the guys that's gonna you're gonna find out has really come around a lot. The attitude wise is Evans, the split receiver, mm-hmm. Mike Evans, and. Uh, you know, people like that. Some of those guys that you know they, uh, you know that he he trusted before, and you know, and and now he's making those guys you know do what has to be done to be the best, and because he knows how to get there. And um, I mean, I've heard people say several times, you know, that he is um, one super competitor. And I guess from what I could gather this morning, his sisters are. You know, one was an All-American, and the other, and, and the other is a baseball player who's going to be an All-American down at UCLA. And so they got a family full of competitors and stuff. And I think he probably grew up in kind of that attitude. I don't, I don't think he was a pusher. I think he just everything he did was in his own mind. Mm. You know, um, yeah. I don't think some coach talked him into. You know, into things. I think he just did it, and he just kept competing and competing. I know when talking to the Michigan coaches um, way back when, and they said his accuracy was out of you know way above the chart. They, you know, I mean it was it was crazy, and because of his 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 appearance. They had a big kid there that ended up signing with the Yankees as a baseball player at, at Michigan at the time. 
and um, they they kind of went with him and a, a friend of mine who was actually the recruiting coordinator. They had a vote, and he was one of the only guys that voted for Brady to start at the end of the year, kind of. Well, then the big guy gets hurt. Brady comes in and wins games for them when they're behind and stuff like that, and that was the end of that tune. And, um, you know, and I think I always remember the time, you know, when they made a big deal out of once he got going where he got drafted. I think that's that's still something that motivates him. I mean, he, he's admitted that himself. Charlie so, McBride's yeah. with us. Well, yeah, the Drew Henson situation and Brady – Goes in and wins an Orange Bowl with him, but yeah, for for, for what he, for whatever reason, he's always been slided. No, no longer, mind you, but he's always been a guy that was slided, and man, he's rode that as motivation, as that chip on his shoulder for a long, long time, and and then, man, he just has the faith and the trust of his teammates to to follow him, right? Yeah, you'll 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 find you'll find there's there's people like. That that just that, that that are actually uh, trying to prove it every day. It's not just all I well okay I'm all state or I'm all American or I'm all this. That didn't mean a damn thing to him. I mean he has to prove that they were wrong every day. You know and and it's the same thing with with good players. They want to prove that they belong there every day. You know, and and that's that's where it comes from, and he's that way. I mean, he's not done prove trying to. He's trying to prove right now. You know, you know the way he works in the off season, and the way he with nutrition, with everything he does. You know, it doesn't give you any indication that he's going to retire. He's forty three, forty four, going on thirty five. It's incredible. <laughs> Coach, I, I, I got to ask you, what what did you have last night uh, to snack on during the Super Bowl? Well, uh, we we uh, not really much. Really? <laughs> well, we didn't, not no, we didn't we didn't do much. I just I went out and um, you know you can't eat at our restaurant still are doing right. so. I got a slab of ribs cooked uh, that was cooked and down at the road, and we just sit here and ate ribs. Well, that sounds like <laughs> a winner. I was going to say, were they, were they pretty good? <laughs> oh, yeah, they're big time. We do it once a week usually, but we did a little more than we should have yesterday. <laughs> I love that. All right. Well, Coach, were they, were they, uh, were they St. Louis style or were they the, the thick ribs? No, they're they're the baby backs that no, you know. Right. But this guy, this guy cooks them outside still, you know, on his grill. I mean, he's got a big, big stove, big cooker out mm. there, and even in the winter, he's cooking all this stuff outside. So, you know, you can't go wrong. Is what the deal is. <laughs> now, now people have tried to tell me that beef ribs are comparable to pork ribs, if not better. Where, where do you stand in that whole argument? Pork is well, superior, well, right? You know, a lot of times, you know, these a lot of these guys marinate a lot of that stuff with the, the real beef ribs, and uh, because they are, they can be tough. But you know, you got a bigger bone, and you got, you know, it, it's a bigger piece of meat. Uh, the baby backs are more of a smaller rib, and 
kind of like it's kind of like a good uh, a good chicken a, a good chicken wings that are they're not those great big bombers they're they're those <laughs> uh, like little ones that you can eat forever <laughs> love it that's what we had charlie mcbride's with us hail varsity radio coach we will uh check in next week and Find some more football to hit on. Thanks so much for your time and your insight on okay. on Jason Light and talking some ball with us today. Okay. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, Bye Coach. now. Take care. There he is. Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. We will get into this discussion here with Greg Smith, Mr. Barbecue himself. We'll hit some recruiting as well. I'm a rib guy. I totally get what you're saying. But short ribs are incredible. So we'll dive into that with football on the way, too, with Hale Varsity. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back with you, Super Bowl Monday. It's Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt. And we welcome in recruiting insider... Greg Smith, at Greg Smith HV on Twitter is where you find him. And uh, Greg, uh, we uh, will dive into football and recruiting in a new series you're doing with Aaron Sorensen on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel and HaleVarsity.com when it comes to questions of the week. But uh, beef or pork when it comes to ribs? Or if you had to pick one, if we're talking the Greg Smith barbecue draft, is it short ribs or is it baby backs slash St. Louis style? It is, boy, that's, that's tough. Yes is the answer. Um, but <laughs> if, if you make me pick, I'll go with St. Louis um, if, if I'm going to pick my guest favorite out of all of those. But, See, boy, I mean, you're not going wrong either. No, and the reason we bring it up is because we were asking Coach McBride about, you know, what did you – throw down for the Super Bowl and he's in there's a rib joint not far from where they're at and uh, they're baby backs and he loved them and, and McBride I mean that dude loves loves wings okay loves wings I did enough wings I was stupid and I didn't get I had to go to three different spots Uh-oh. to find wings between Saturday night and Sunday because I didn't get off my backside uh, you know Wednesday or Thursday of last week so I had to search and then I ended up accidentally buying a package of wings that were the full full chicken wings oh yeah. but those were sweet <laughs> too a little surprise yeah no, they, they were good and so i did a little beef rub flavoring almost kind of a misty's type treatment to them they're all dry rubs okay. and then there's a national shortage not only of wings but a, a, of old bay and every store I stopped in had no Old Bay. So I had like... Wait, so that's real? No, it is. And it I pissed thought, me I, off okay, so something fierce yesterday. I was yesterday. frustrated. Okay, yeah, so yes. Real. Yeah, my dad okay. had to order on Amazon. You, okay, you can find I Old Bay on Amazon. I feel as bad now. Okay, great. I, I, I mean, it sucks for you guys that you went through it too. But <laughs> that I'm not as crazy um, walking around angry in the store looking oh, for Old Bay. Did like you, you know what I did? Every, every store, and I'm like, there's a group of people masked up, and thank God for a mask because you can just MF and, and just storm <laughs> off. I mean, that's, that's exactly what happened. And, and there was this sweetie uh, next to me. We're both staring at the the, uh, the the spice rack, and she's wonderful looking. And I'm like, "Excuse me, ma'am, you know what? What should I substitute for Old Bay?" And 
she kind of just blinked at me and she's like, you're a goon anyway. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> and she stomped off. I was six feet away. Relax. Um, so, okay. McBride's hang up, I think, with beef ribs is they can turn into hockey pucks. Uh, mine have never done that. They are incredible. But, man, there's no there's no substitute for some just a slab of ribs. They are so good on the smoker. Okay. So, yes is the correct answer. Beef or pork, yes. Okay. For the ribs. Uh, we'll uh, we'll wrap up with, with how you, you ate last night. But let's move forward to recruiting. And, Greg, okay, we saw an offensive line do work last night in the Super Bowl with Tampa's run game. We saw a defensive line get after it with four, and that is incredible, and that's ideal, but not always the the rule. It's more so the exception unless you're Tampa and you've built that front four, plus the linebacking core, the front seven is incredible. So when we kind of flip it to Nebraska, who are your candidates, okay, for that guy to get after the quarterback? You've seen Nebraska's line, get better against the run. You've seen Nebraska's line stop getting pushed around. You feel like, okay, with the talent you have on the offensive line plus the depth, they'll be able to run the football better or or keep moving towards that as an offense that's not a liability to run the football. But when we all when it's all said and done, what'll make Nebraska better as we relate it to Tampa is getting getting a, a pass rusher. Give me some guys that that may be obvious, may not be obvious. That you can think, that you think can be that edge dude that can go finally harass a quarterback more than a couple times a year. Yeah, you know it's interesting because Nebraska's going to have to. And I, this sounds bad when you say it, but they're going to have to probably rely on committee. Um, but that can be a good thing if they can get more guys to emerge. Like we've seen a little bit of flash here and there from Garrett Nelson um, when it comes to rushing the quarterback. We saw Caleb Tanner um, starting to turn a little bit of a corner last year. I like what they saw or what we saw out of uh, Feldarius Payne and the time that we got to see him kind of coming on blitzes and looping around. I think those are some guys and there's some some guys kind of off the radar that I'm really interested that are young players in the program that we haven't seen. Um, Jamin Graham um, is a guy that's just kind of been in the lab for a couple of years. Uh, Jamari Butler, same way for just one year. Uh, Blaze Gunnerson trying to get him healthy and ready to roll. Like I think they have a number of guys that are still really, really intriguing, but you just haven't seen any of them all put it together outside of what you've seen from JoJo Doman but that's kind of a different role. Um, but I do think that there are a number of candidates that could be that guy. Husker um, fans just want to see a couple of them step forward. Greg, how much do you think that that position group could be aided um, by the eligibility freeze that went into effect this year? No one's losing eligibility. They, they all get next year development. I'm looking at a guy like Feldarius Payne. He got a, a great year of, uh, of experience and development, and it's not going to count against him uh, in the long run. It's not going to count against him, uh, I guess I should say, in his eligibility. Yeah, I think that'll help uh, tremendously for a guy like Payne. Guy, the guys, to me, there's no substitute for those guys that were able to play and then keep that free year. Um, now it can definitely, it can still help you if you weren't playing and you were just kind of behind the scenes on the scout team, getting your body right, lifting weights, and kind of learning and being a sponge. Like that can help you, and guys can emerge that way. But there's no teacher uh, quite like being out there in Big Ten play and getting to see what's going on. So a guy like Payne, I think, can really be helped after getting his feet wet. And that guy is in it for the long haul. He's committed to the team, um, the good teammate, too, and a good kid. So I think he's someone to definitely watch next year. 
Payne's a guy that, that did uh, see more increased time. Where are you at with Buda Wright? Because he's a guy that they're going to throw some some weight on. I know he got dinged, but he's kind of in that mold of, of yesteryear Nebraska where they would kind of move you up and move you out. If you're a safety, you turn into a corner. If you're a corner, you're a backer. If you're a backer, you're a rush end. If you're a rush end, you're a D tackle, right? Just be able to stop the run, get that speed, but but the domino effect. With Buddha, you know, with his size and, and weight and athletic ability, I mean, he could be a, a pretty nice hybrid guy that is good against the run, but, man, he could be something special with his athleticism after the quarterback. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that he is a guy to keep an eye on, and I know that Coach Sinander has been high on him and kind of the, the type of spring um, that he had been having uh, before he got hurt. And so I think that he is a guy to watch out for. And he's got a couple of nice guys to learn from, right? Because he can be someone that, you know, some of those older guys, like Caleb Tanner is older in the program. Take him under his wing. JoJo can also do the same thing and kind of teach him some of those hybrid tricks as well. Um, he's a real, he'll be a really, and I probably would say, I'm sorry that I forgot him, it's probably a top three guy, five guy on the defense that folks will really want to know about um, with their development over the winter and spring because there's a lot of excitement about him. Well, we're going to switch gears. You have an official announcement by Nebraska here a minute ago. Marcus Castro-Walkers, Director of Player Development, Keenan Lowe, is going to be an offensive analysis. Bill freaking Bush is back in Nebraska as a defensive analysis, uh, I should say analyst here. Uh, and, uh, Greg, uh, you have long followed Bush in his recruiting wins. Yeah, that's a, that's a big deal um, for anyone that wants more recruits uh, to come to Nebraska. He's got a great track record um, around the country, out west as well. Um, that, that'll be a big deal for Nebraska. Uh, it's always good when breaking news pops when, when you're on the, on the show. Uh, but that's a, that's a good trio of names uh, there starting off. It is, and you, you get Bush as, a, as an analyst. Uh, his history speaks for itself with the uh, the special team side of things, his work in the secondary, uh, and, man, I, I look at a guy who helped recruit Prince of Mukamara, <laughs> was good with Roy Hallou, was pretty instrumental with Eric Haig, uh, it was nice to, to get a guy like Alex Smith, if you're Urban Meyer, to Utah. And then he was a guy that, that did pretty well. And I know it wasn't good for Ash when it comes to, to Rutgers, but he's a guy that, you know, also got uh, got some some time at Rutgers. And, oh, yeah, by the way, the cherry on top is getting Burrow from LSU. I should say from Ohio State to LSU. That was all Bill Bush. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's one of those things, too, is you can never have too many guys that, like, when recruits come to campus, um, they can talk to that guy and feel really comfortable with him. And you know that that'll happen with Bill, um, especially a guy that's already familiar with Nebraska. He can hit the ground running in that. Now, as an analyst, um, he is not allowed to go out on the road. And I, think he, I don't know if they could initiate phone calls mm-hmm. to look into that. Um, but he'll still definitely talk to kids when they come on campus, whenever eventually the NCAA um, lifts that dead period so what do you make here of of low he was at ucla as an analyst he was with chip kelly uh low was also a head coach at, at, at oregon high school 
a couple of different spots and, and was also uh, on staff with Kelly at, at San Fran and in Philly. And uh, he was a big-time wideout with, with Oregon 2011 through 14. He's still a guy that, that resonates uh, pretty well with, with high school kids, I would think, and there's obviously the connection with him and Lubick. Yeah, that, that's always good. And see, that that's one of the things that, and, and it's really kind of become a sticking point, I think, with the fan base on when these hires happen and they're already familiar with people on staff. I think people, sometimes fans can get a little irritated with that, but I, I view that as a good thing. Um, and this is the case in this one as well, because the guys come in kind of speaking the same language, to give you some coach speak there, um, because they're, they can be able to then be acclimated a lot faster in these roles because they're already used to the types of things that they're going Going to be doing so I, I look at that as a positive and you're right um he st- should still be very connected out west in the, in the pacific northwest um with recruiting and have good cachet and name recognition out there so that can only help there as well now you guys can correct me if i'm wrong here but bill bush was a special teams coordinator at nebraska back in the day too correct mm-hmm. He's, yeah i mean and jay jay moore was on those units i mean it was pretty Pretty well received. I mean, Bush, I think, coached his kids really hard, but they were pretty decent units. And he's, I mean, he's coached for Alvarez, too. I mean, he's been at Nebraska. was a GA under Osborne. And he learned uh, just a ton from Coach Darlington and, and, and uh, Solich, honestly. I mean, that's where he cut his teeth as a recruiting guy, honestly. So, And uh, he was really pretty good at it. Greg, I know you'll uh, you'll be in on the, the Bush recruiting effect, even though it's technically not for him to get on the road, but a uh, pretty big hire by Nebraska. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Um, anytime you know you make these types of analyst or player development hires, and people are immediately happy with them, which I think that people will be with these names. Um, that's always good. I think you just don't want to have these guys like people get hired into these roles and go, uh huh, what were they doing there? Um, so that's always a positive, good first step. Greg, uh, thanks for the time today, brother. We'll we'll do this again soon. Hey, sounds good. Talk to you soon. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. So some more info here on the new Nebraska hires. As that came down about 10 minutes ago, we were talking with Greg Smith, and this is some comments from Scott Frost. Per the athletic communications release and uh, Marcus Castro Walker, a name we talked about uh, last week that was targeted and was very successful at, at, at Central Florida under Frost, but was pretty big for Herm Edwards at Arizona State as uh, the hire for director of player development. Yeah, Bill Bush joining Nebraska's defensive analyst and Keenan Lowe will serve as an offensive analyst. And I had seen this story, but I didn't make the connection, Elijah. I'll let you take this away about Lowe, because Lowe's pretty much uh, a, a hero for some of his actions that happened. And this thing went viral a couple, three, four years ago. Is that right? Uh, would have been uh, a year ago. It was August 2019. So. A little more than a year. A little more than yeah. a year ago. But, I mean, the, the word hero gets thrown around, like, so much, especially in but sports. But this is true. I mean, this guy's like a bona fide hero. Kind of um, reset it. Yeah, he played uh, wide receiver at Oregon underneath Frost, um, and then he went on to start his coaching career right after he graduated, and he, he took a job as a security guard at a high school, and he's also coaching the, uh, the varsity football mm-hmm. team. And, uh, let's see, one day, um, there was, like, they're having issues with uh, a student, 
and uh, he went and dealt with the uh, the student uh, down in the office, mm-hmm. and then the student returned to school with a shotgun underneath the trench coat. And uh, he saw this kid walk in and pull a shotgun out and was able to tackle him to the ground and wrestle the shotgun away from him before he was able to, to start shooting in the school. Um, so he's legitimately a hero. He stopped a school shooting. Um, and it's crazy to see that he went from a high school, like security guard. Now he's mm-hmm. an offensive analyst at Nebraska. I, I believe he had a stop at UCLA in between there. Yeah, I mean, he was with Chip Kelly. And to give you a little backstory here on, on Lowe, he was under Chip at UCLA last year. And prior to that, you had those two stops at West Lynn High School and then Park Rose High in Oregon. And I think Park Rose is the school that kind of rings a bell for me with the where he stopped the shooting. Is that right? Was it Park Rose Park, or West? Park Rose, yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's where that was in 19. So, and low before that was a guy that Kelly had on staff at the Niners and the Eagles. And he was a guy that, that Frost coached. And then Lubick also was with pretty high level at Oregon from 2011 through 2014. So this is a this is a dude that that played it in this Oregon offense at a high level and if he's an offensive analyst that'll be pretty nice. Uh but from a local standpoint this is pretty big time to get Bill Bush. Uh we'll see if we can't get coach Bush on at some point here in the near future once uh he settles down a bit. If if not, we'll for sure go chat with some Coach Darlington. George is really close with Bill. And, man, we laid out the recruiting that, that Bill Bush has done at a high level from, from Burrow to LSU to Prince of Mucamara here to Lincoln to uh, special teams and Jay Moore. And Jay told us this story. God, when was it? Because Bill's name came up, right, when when – this whole discussion point, you know, is Nebraska going to make changes to their staff? Is Bill Bush a guy? Did they go hire a special teams coach? If so, do you go get Bill Bush? And with Bush, he is a guy that he was able to really connect with the kids. And Jay's story was pretty simply, here's the data. I'm not wrong. You allow a, a, a blocked field goal or punt or a return, you lose the football game. Here is the data. Here is the evidence. I'm going to show you about how big of a, a swing in momentum a, a splash, excuse me, a splash play is on special teams. And you get an extra set of eyes and connections. I mean, let's just kind of detail. Where, where Bush has been in 20 years. When, when Barry's building up Wisconsin and that pops, Bill Bush is, is on that staff. When Bill Callahan gets to Lincoln and is building up uh, some really good recruiting classes, who's on that staff? Bill Bush, okay? Uh, when Urban Meyer takes over his first Power 5 gig or Mountain West gig that's not in the MAC, Utah, Who's there to go get Alex Smith? Who's got a connection in California? It's Bill Bush that is going to say, all right, Alex Smith, let's go check out Urban Meyer. I think you'll be perfect for this offense. So uh, on quarterbacks alone, you've got Alex Smith and and you have kind of a a recycling of, of Joe Burrow that's pretty nice. Now, Bush is a guy that is, um, 
He's he's been coaching forever, but he's been at Utah. He's been in Wisconsin. He's been in Nebraska. He's been at LSU. He's been at, at Rutgers. So if if you're wanting a guy, and again, as a analyst role, it's one thing. But from a, a history of where he's been in this part of the country, down at LSU, out to the East Coast, he's been um, to the West Coast and then the, the, the Utah region. He's got connections and high school people that he can touch base with everywhere in the country. It'll be pretty nice if Nebraska can capitalize on some of his connections to continue to further talent. Um, I was gonna, I just posted up the uh, the story from Adam, Adam Rittenberg on uh, Keenan Lowe. If you want to get that checked out, um, him starting or stopping the uh, the School active shooter situation, mm-hmm. uh, that's up on the ESPN Lincoln Twitter page. Check that out. Uh, it's a great story, really interesting. Kind of also dives into the backstory of Keenan's life, his his upbringing. Um, if you really can get to know the uh, the new Nebraska assistant from that story, so that's up on ESPN Lincoln uh, the Twitter page. Uh, if you want to get that checked out. Pretty awesome and uh, good news for Nebraska. Nice, nice additions to uh, to the Husker staff. So uh, a thought here uh, with Nebraska basketball before we wind down a show. Uh, is there a line out tonight? It's got to be a line, right? Nebraska, what happens? Do they bring the same energy? Uh, does Nebraska basketball finally get a win? Do they dare I say, sting Minnesota. Minnesota's had some really impressive wins. They've also had some frustrating defeats. They are now a 10.5 point. See, and I thought, honestly, man, I would have bet the world that Sparty was going to drill Nebraska. And Nebraska ended up covering, because I think that number was 11 or a 12.5, and, and the Huskers lost, what, by 10 against Sparty? The line against 10.5. And you look at uh, Teddy Ball game, he had three points. First time in a thousand years he doesn't hit double figures. You got to go back to his freshman year at West Virginia. And you just got to wonder if, if maybe Teddy's got something uh, locked up tonight. Who knows what happens with Nebraska? They'll be. Who knows? A size at disadvantage. Who knows what happens all this week? They're not going to have a single like actual practice. And they week. are loving it. <laughs> I mean, it's just all going to be film work and walkthroughs this week. And, and Fred's, he gets it. He's like, yeah, they hate practice anyway, so let's just treat this thing like an NBA. Uh, Ohio State better not like make me sound like a fool. They're, they're at Maryland tonight. We'll wind down on Monday next. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, it's Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. A reminder, 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing their seatbelt if used properly. Seatbelts can and will reduce the risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. Your best decision in any crash buckling up brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So you have the uh, the new Nebraska analyst hires and player development. That's good stuff. Uh, Nebraska basketball tips off minus 10.5 against Minnesota. It is time to... Uh, 
recount the steak and beer bet from Friday ahead of the Super Bowl when it comes to the prop bets. We both were right with Tampa. I was right with the 31 points. It wasn't nearly as close as uh, what I said, 31-28. Junior thought it'd be an overtime win by Tampa. You had a tight ball game as well. But we all had Tampa as the outright winner. So smile there. How did the stake in the beer prop bet go? Well, we'll start it off with uh, Tom Brady's passing. We were both under on that. And we were both correct. Um, so even there. Uh, we were both over on uh, Patrick Mahomes' passing yardage. We were both Whiff. wrong. So one and one. Uh, we both correctly predicted uh, Terry Kill under 150 receiving yards. Okay. Um, we were both wrong on the Gatorade color. You said orange. I said yellow. It was blue. It was blue. Should have known. Blue's the best flavor anyway. Um, we both correctly predicted Tom Brady as MVP. Okay. Um, so it comes down to the national anthem. Bang. You had over, I had under, and it was way over. It was, With, like, it was like 15 seconds yeah, over. Yeah, it was 2.15, man. I mean, they, Eric Church hooked me up. So you were 4-2 and two in your prop bets. I was 3-3. Three and three. You get the stake in a beer bet win this week as you've, done, as you've done so many weeks this year. That is so good. That is so good, and a filet bone-in will be exquisite. Uh, we just need things to thaw out. Yeah, I hear Saturday is supposed to be nice weather, right? Like, what, 20? <laughs> no, negative three. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, excited tomorrow. Uh, we are going to be able to uh, run down uh, a part of Tampa's connection and Shaq Barrett. So Shaq Barrett, of course, was a, his story is a thousand percent impressive with Shaq as he was a Boys Town kid and uh, played and was an All-State football player and then went to UNO and after UNA, UNO said goodbye, went to Colorado State. And he's been a guy who's earned it his whole life, uh, found a way to, to make the practice squad for a couple of seasons for Denver and then just kept grinding, had his breakout season last year to, to lead the NFL with 19 and a half sacks, got got paid this last year as a one-year deal for $15 million. So Barrett's doing incredible. But we're going to go back and have some time tomorrow with Aaron Groff. He was uh, Shaq's wrestling coach at at Boys Town. So I want the, the, show, the, the full Shaq Barrett story. And one of the, the people really important in Shaq's life, Aaron Groff, will be with us tomorrow. We'll hear from Coach Kaczynski as well and Mitch Sherman with us. So pretty loaded up, a busy Wednesday and more fun the rest of the week on Hale Varsity. Elijah, good stuff. We will talk to you tomorrow morning and uh, get you ready. Uh, well, tomorrow morning and tomorrow afternoon. Find us at 4 with Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Have a good one.